When Jesus had finished saying all this in the hearing of the people, he entered Capernaum. There's a centurion, there are a centurion servant whom his master valued highly was sick and about to die. The centurion heard of Jesus and sent some elders of the Jews to him, asking him to come and heal his servant. When they came to Jesus, they pleaded earnestly with him. This man deserves to have you do this, because he loves our nation and has built our synagogue. So Jesus went with them. He was not far from the house when the centurion sent friends to say to him, Lord, don't trouble yourself, for I do not deserve to have you come under my roof. That is why I did not even consider myself worthy to come to you. But say the word, and my servant will be healed. For I myself am a man under authority, with soldiers under me. I tell this one, go, and he goes, and that one, come, and he comes. I say to my servant, do this, and he does it. When Jesus heard this, he was amazed at him, and turning to the crowd following him, he said, I tell you, I have not found such great faith even in Israel. Then the men who had been sent returned to the house and found the servant well. Amen. Well, friends, thank you again for the the opportunity to um, to speak with you this morning and to share uh, a little uh, about the work of of ADF chaplaincy. Uh, I'd like to begin by by asking a question this morning, uh, and it's it's this: Who do you trust? Who? Do you trust? In 2009, uh, this man, Mark Donaldson, was voted one of the most trusted people in Australia. But he's not a a politician, uh, a judge or a pastor. Uh, Mark's a a soldier and uh, the recipient of uh, Victoria Cross. In fact, he was the first uh, Australian in 40 years to win a VC. Uh, If you know something uh, about the medal, it's Australia's highest award uh, for bravery. And Mark received it for his actions uh, one day in in 2008. He was uh, on operations in Afghanistan uh, in a patrol, a, a mechanised patrol, which came under attack uh, by the enemy. Uh, they had a, a local interpreter working with them, an Afghani. Uh, there was an explosion, there was a missile strike, and the, the local interpreter was uh, blown off uh, the vehicle that they were travelling in. Uh, he was uh, left behind in the dust as the patrol uh, continued to make its way. Uh, Mark saw what had happened and he realised that if that man fell into the hands of the enemy, uh, he would most certainly be killed. And so he jumped off uh, his own vehicle and ran back under incredibly heavy fire. He ran nearly 100 metres to collect this man, uh, grabbed him and half carried him, half walked him uh, back to the the rest of the patrol. Uh, It was a remarkable uh, feat of courage Um, that day and uh, for that he received the the Victoria Cross. Well, um, 
admiring or extolling the virtues of, of soldiers is not simply a, a modern phenomenon. Um, ancient peoples also trusted and had high expectations of their uh, fighting men too. Uh, take the, uh, the Romans, uh, for instance. Uh, this is uh, one from Vegetius, uh, a quote from him, where he speaks about the qualities that Rome expected its centurions to display. Another one uh, reads, they wish the centurions not so much to be venturesome and daredevil as to be natural leaders of a steady and sedate spirit. Uh, and then the final point there I think is, uh, is quite remarkable that Rome expected, when necessary, the centurions to die at their posts. There was in the ancient world a high view of uh, soldiers and centurions uh, in particular and we see this reflected in the New Testament. Centurions, of course, appear a number of times and uh, interestingly, uh, not once are they criticised or reviled. And I think that's all the more remarkable when we consider uh, who they were, uh, what exactly they were doing there in um, first century Judea. Uh, They were, of course, uh, officers or leaders in an army of occupation. And yet again and again, uh, as they're mentioned and described and characterised in the New Testament, uh, those that, that happens, or they're described only in very high terms or positive terms. Here's a, an image of a, a Roman centurion from that time. Uh, of course, uh, this soldier, uh, the centurion in Luke chapter 7, uh, he in particular is held in uh, very high regard. Uh, so much so that some of the elders are willing to speak to Jesus on his behalf. Uh, but, but why? Uh, what exactly has this man done to win their affection? Well, we see here uh, in the passage that he's done two things. Uh, they, just, they mention those in, uh, in verses uh, 4 and 5. Uh, this man deserves to have you do this, to heal his servant, because he loves our nation and has built our synagogue. Well, these things are both very commendable. No wonder the elders have such a high view of this soldier. But Jesus, who knows the hearts of men, knows that there's even more to this man. He agrees to go with them, but while they're en route to the centurion's home, the group receives new orders, as it were. Uh, The centurion is not only fond of Israel and generous, he is a humble man too. And so he sends this message to Jesus. He says, Lord, don't trouble yourself, for I do not deserve to have you come under my roof. That is why I did not even consider myself worthy to come to you. Uh, Really, they're remarkable words, um, especially for someone in his position, uh, someone used to being obeyed, someone used to being honoured and receiving the praise of others. Uh, for all those things, he is a very humble man. Uh, but wait, 
as they say on TV, there's, there's more. For uh, this centurion is also a man of remarkable faith. And uh, that's made apparent to us in these verses. Uh, really, uh, this soldier's faith is, is proverbial. Uh, we understand he's the great example of faith to the Lord's people here in, in Luke uh, chapter 7. And uh, in a moment, uh, we're going to consider Jesus' reaction um, to, uh, to this declaration by the soldier. But first, I'd like to pose two questions this morning, two uh, further questions. Uh, first, is faith important? And secondly, is there much faith in the army today? Uh, in other words, are there men and women who, like this centurion, are, are people of faith? And, and what are the opportunities for God, gospel witness in the ADF today? Uh, well, first let me ask, is faith important? Uh, the answer is yes. But of course, faith is only as important as the air we breathe, uh, a beating heart or the love of family and friends. Uh, in other words, faith is vital. Uh, and that, of course, was Martin Luther's great rediscovery. Uh, there he was, diligently preparing his lectures on Galatians, when the penny dropped. It's not what we do that matters, and certainly Luther had done a lot uh, religiously uh, in his life. It's not what we do that matters, but who we trust. And the Apostle Paul uh, puts it this way. We know that a man is not justified or declared right with God by observing the law but by faith in Jesus Christ. So we too have put our faith in Christ Jesus, that we may be justified by faith in Christ and not by observing the law, because by observing the law, no one will be justified. Could Paul have made it any clearer? Well, it's good for us to grasp this and even better to respond in faith, to trust in Jesus ourselves. Uh, so let me ask us this morning, um, are we? Uh, are we such men and women? Uh, are we trusting in Christ and him alone for our salvation? Are we Christian believers this morning? There is, of course, no other way that we can be saved. But even then, responding to this truth that Paul makes so clear to us, even then our job is not over. We've heard the truth and acted on it. Now we need to tell others, people of every kind, family and friends, neighbours and workmates, students, professionals, even soldiers. But first, it's good to know, uh, is there much faith in the army today? Uh, recently, I can tell us, we've been very blessed. Uh, as Chris mentioned um, earlier, uh, General David Hurley was the Chief of Defence, Chief of the Defence Force until very recently. Uh, he uh, was Australia's most senior military officer. 
Uh, He was also, wonderfully, a very public Christian who promoted days of prayer, uh, Bible studies and outreach within the Defence Force. And uh, he was a great encouragement to us, to every gospel-minded chaplain. Well, there are uh, other encouragements too, not only from uh, senior leaders in defence, but at the the working level uh, as well. In 2010 and 2011, uh, I was a chaplain here at Blamey Barracks. I see my family smiling. They've seen that sign, uh, that fence many times. Uh, Blamey Barracks is uh, also, uh, it is the home of the Army Recruit Training Centre, also known as Kapuka. Uh, Kapuka is a suburb just outside of Wagga in New South Wales. And, And to be frank with you, Kapuka is a very hard place, both physically and mentally. And uh, very quickly, uh, once they arrive there, once they get off the bus on that fateful Tuesday afternoon, uh, the the recruits work out that the chapel is a good place to be. You see, there at the chapel, no one shouts at you. Uh, In fact, we were the five people in the whole base who never shouted. Uh, Instead, uh, we welcome the recruits in warmly. Uh, On Sundays, there's a a short service followed by tea or coffee. There are newspapers from home from all around Australia and perhaps most precious, uh, the recruits have a brief opportunity uh, to use their telephones. You see, what happens when you first arrive at Kapuka is that they uh, form you up in this large building and they confiscate uh, everything that's yours, everything that's personal, uh, books and magazines, mobile phones, eye devices, uh, knives if you're carrying them. Um, they confiscate all these things and the phones are given out only very occasionally um, from then on. Well, uh, on Sundays, as I mentioned, the recruits had an opportunity uh, to phone home. Uh, we were always delighted to see them. Uh, at chapel and our average attendance was about 300. Uh, 300 people, uh, young men and women, uh, mostly in their late teens and early 20s and almost all unchurched unbelievers. Uh, And there we were, the uh, evangelical chaplains who were there, uh, free to preach the gospel week after week after week. It was a, a wonderful uh, opportunity, a very, a very precious opportunity. Uh, there we also gave away Bibles, Bibles by the pallet load. Uh, in fact, the Bible Society would phone us regularly and say, uh, what are you doing with all these Bibles that we're sending you? And would tell them, uh, we're giving them to young men and women who have never seen let alone read uh, the scriptures. And uh, one of the rules at Kapuka is that while the staff uh, can and do confiscate uh, everything, everything personal, the one thing they're not allowed to take is religious literature. And so as the, the recruits came to chapel, we would make a point of giving them a Bible, knowing that it was the one uh, kind of reading material that couldn't be taken off them 
and in the, the few minutes they would have uh, through the week, a few minutes to read quietly, they would open the scriptures and read and some of them wonderfully uh, met the Lord Jesus. And so uh, people would read the word, uh, hear us preach and by God's grace uh, they were converted. Um, they'd be baptised or make a profession of faith and then we would follow it up with uh, discipleship training. It was a, a remarkable two years. Uh, but for all this, uh, the army is still the army and we face many challenges in taking the gospel of the Lord Jesus to the men and women serving our nation in uniform. Uh, we would welcome your partnership in this, uh, in this great ministry. But, uh, but how? Uh, how might you par- partner with us with chaplains and other Christian men and women uh, in defence? Well, it, it seems to me that people can do one or more of, of these things. Uh, first, uh, people can pray. Now, uh, whatever else we, we do, we, we mustn't neglect this. We understand that uh, in chaplaincy and in every kind of ministry that the work proceeds on the basis of prayer. So please uh, pray for the witness and work of, of these people, of uh, chaplains like me uh, and other gospel-minded people in defence. Uh, chaplains, of course, aren't the only witnesses to Christ in the ADF. Uh, we also have believing ship drivers and Christian cooks and uh, faithful commandos Uh, people of every trade and every profession within defence and how important their testimony is. Uh, Second, people can uh, give, uh, give to support the work of Bible Society and other groups ministering to defence. Those Bibles we received and gave away uh, month after month uh, came to us free of charge. And so it's good for us to help uh, those brothers and sisters meet their costs. And there are other groups at work as well, including Focus, uh, Navigators and uh, Everyman's Welfare Services. Uh, Third, people can go or come, come and join us. Uh, the, uh, The US Marines tell us that they're looking for a few Good men. Uh, Army chaplaincy is after some godly ones. So if you're a pastor or a student and interested in the Defence Force, please come and speak with me. Uh, and if you have a, a different profession or a different, different interests in defence, then please come and speak with me too because we need uh, believers in, uh, all ki- doing all kinds of work in the ADF. Uh, it is, of course... Uh, a robust environment. I think that's probably the nicest way I can, I can put it. Um, so let's have a frank conversation uh, about that, about the joys and challenges of, of serving. So soldiers now and soldiers then. Uh, what was uh, Jesus' reaction to this man, to the centurion in Luke chapter 7? Well, the Gospel writer here in verse 9 tells us that the Lord was amazed. He was amazed. Uh, 
Now, that's not a term that uh, the Gospel writers uh, use lightly. In fact, it appears only twice in the New Testament. Uh, Once here in relation to remarkable faith and once in Mark's Gospel where it describes the unbelief of the Nazarenes. It's better, obviously, to be known for the former. Well, Jesus then commends the centurion. He says, I tell you, I have not found such great faith even in Israel. I wonder, what would he say to us? Luther once observed that the Psalms were a mirror to the soul. The same might be said of this passage. You see, as we gaze into it, we see not only the faith of this soldier, but ourselves as well, and our own faith, whatever that's like. How uh, might we describe our faith? Is it like this man's, something remarkable, something astonishing, even amazing? Or are we, like most believers, those who struggle with doubts and fears? Jesus says to us this morning, be like the centurion. Trust me in a deeper way. Well, with the Spirit's help, uh, why wouldn't we? After all, the Lord Jesus is faithful and he is true. And if he is our hope for tomorrow, and indeed eternity, surely we can rely on him today, no matter our challenges and our cares. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, we thank you that you're faithful and true. Help us to trust in you either for the first time or in a deeper way. Give us faith like this soldier had and bless every effort to take the gospel to our own soldiers, sailors and Air Force personnel. Amen.